read all of this. I'm going to read the first verse and the last two verses. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. And throughout this psalm, David is going to uh, speak of how that God knew him before he was ever formed. God formed his days every day before he was even formed in his mother's womb. That's how great that this God is. The last two verses says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So David acknowledges that God knew him. God knows all about him. God has known him from, really he knew him before the foundation of the world. Numbered his days, formed him in his mother's womb. How great, how gracious, how wonderful, how mighty, how all-knowing, all-powerful that this God is. And David comes to the last two verses, and I believe in verse number one, David is saying, Lord, you know me. The last two verses, I believe, David is saying, God, help me that I can know me. Help me to know me. Lord, you search me and reveal unto me what's in me. Lord, you know me from before the foundation of the world. But let's just look at verse number 23 and 24. Search me. You know, as you think about that, uh, uh, there's an investigation. I believe that, that David is saying, Lord, search me inwardly, search me outwardly. God revealing to me, he's going to say what's in my heart. Lord, do an investigation and God reveal unto me what is in my heart. Because by the Word of God, you know, I believe this is the right word to use. Prejudice. Listen to the word, the meaning of the word prejudice. A preconceived opinion not based on reason or experience. Judging before, attitudes formed before study, investigation, or revelation. That's me. And by the Word of God, that's you. Man has a prejudice of himself that he does not have with others. David said, Lord, search me. Lord, I don't need you to search my brother. I don't need you to search my sister. I'm not asking you to search them I, I believe we could all say this, if, if we could be honest and would be willing, God search me. If we could all agree with the psalmist and agree that if God doesn't search us, you know what I'm going to have? I'm going to have a preconceived idea of who I am and how my heart is. But David said, search me. God, you search me. I'm not asking, Lord, I know what I think. 
I think honestly, Lord, that I'm better than most of these folks. I think that I'm smarter than most of these folks. I think I'm stronger than most of these folks. That's the way that I think about me. I think I'm a, a, a lot more righteous and a lot more upright than most people are. But God, You search me and reveal unto me my prejudice. Reveal unto me, uh, God, my preconceived idea of who I am and what I am. Because God, I know that within me, I have a prejudice toward the way I think about me. You know, isn't it amazing that in Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, the Lord says this, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Isn't it amazing that I'm able and you're able to see everybody else's troubles and everybody else's problems? And I mean, we can get it down minute. We can see the little things that are wrong with all of them. We can see all the little things. Uh, uh, the picture is a speck or a big timber or a, a, a small splinter and a log. Uh, that, that's the way that man is. Man is that way, and that's the way I'm natured, and that's the way that you're natured, and that's the way that all of humanity is natured. But you know, I thought about this, thinking about that Word of God. If I've ever in my life, ever, I, I believe almost every time, if I couldn't with my hand or with tears get something out of my eye, I always went to a mirror. Here's the mirror. But you know, I can be, my eye can be so clouded and so blurred and so teared up that I can't even see what's in my own eye. But my prejudice allows me to see what's wrong with you. My prejudice allows me to look and to see. And the Lord said this, Oh, how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull the moat, the speck, the little splinter, out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the moat in thy brother's eye. You know, how in the world can I see clearly? How can I see clearly if God doesn't allow me to uh, really doesn't reveal unto me what's in my own heart, what's in my own eye? If, if, if God doesn't search me, I tell you, I'm always going to find fault and always going to be looking at the specks and always going to be looking at those little things that are wrong with you, wrong with my fellow man, wrong with somebody else. I'm never ever going to be able to see what's wrong in my eye, what is wrong in my heart. David said, search me. 
O God, search me. Search me, O God. Reveal unto me. Don't reveal what my brother needs. Don't reveal what my sister needs. Reveal unto me. God, give me a desire. Give me a willingness, God, to allow you. You know, you might think, well, uh, I, I, I don't believe that man can prevent God. Would you say this, that man can close his eyes to God? Man can close his ears to God? That God can be speaking to him and he has got his eyes shut and his ears shut unto God? I'm not saying God's not revealing. But I'm saying this, that man refuses to see. I believe we can read in the Word of God that their eyes have they closed and their ears have they stopped. You know, I I can be a child of God. I can be a Christian. I can be saved and my ears be stopped and my eyes closed unto what God is saying to me. David is not asking God to reveal unto him what's wrong with anybody else. He's saying, God, search me. Search me, O God. And I say this, there is nobody else qualified, nobody else fit, nobody else with the knowledge, nobody else with the ability to search the heart of man but God Almighty. But now He's got every right. And He's got every ability. And He has every means to search and to make known unto man what is in his heart. Search me, O God. Search me and God, search me by Your Word. Reveal unto me by Your Spirit. God, reveal unto me and and enlighten me to what I am, to what is in me. You know, I I, I realize this. This is very common knowledge. But I'd like for you to think about David again. Think about the psalmist David. Think about him in 2 Samuel chapter number 11 when Nathan comes to him and listen I believe you could I believe you could see this could you see that David when the parable is told to him the poor man there's a rich man and a poor man they and 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 a, a man came into the city and the rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds and the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb and he brought it and he bought it and he nursed it and it grew up and it did eat with him and it drank of his cup and it ate of his own meat and he loved it and it was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler and the rich man spared not to take his own flock. You know, here's David's selfishness. And he goes on down and he says, that man had no pity Verse number 6. And that man shall surely die. Verse 5. And David's anger was kindled against the man in verse 5. Isn't that amazing? A friend, a little ewe lamb. Now think about a ewe lamb in comparison to a man and his wife. You know, it looks like a speck and a moat, doesn't it? David was unable to see in his selfishness, in his no pity, in his anger, in his murderous, in his fornication, in his lust, in his desire. He was unable to see the beam that was in his own eye, but he was able to see if a man slew a little ewe lamb, that speck, he could see that. Isn't that amazing? Did David know what was in his heart? Not until Nathan revealed it to him. 
God told Nathan, go down there. And Nathan, you reveal what's in David's heart. How about Peter? Peter in the book of Matthew and also in the book of Luke. I'll just read out of Luke. The Bible says, and we know what the Lord told Peter. And Peter said, they may all deny you. Lord, they may all forsake you. But not me. I'm not going to. This is what he says. Matthew 25, 31. I'm sorry, 26, 31 in Matthew. All, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I have risen, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto them, Though all men... You know what he thinks? Isn't he above everybody? Doesn't he have a prejudice of his condition? Doesn't he have a prejudice of his own thoughts, of how strong he is, of what a great follower of the Lord Jesus Christ he is, of how much he really loves the Lord? I mean, he's willing to die for the Lord. Do you think he's lying? I don't believe he's lying. He doesn't know what's in his heart. See, all we have to do is right now in the circumstance, Peter really believes this. But before the morning, Jesus is going to be being spit on, being beaten, being mocked. It's a different atmosphere, isn't it? Peter is going to fall because he doesn't know the condition of his own heart. The Lord told him he was going to fall. Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me thrice. I verily I say unto thee, all may be offended, but because of thee, yet I will never be offended. I don't believe that he's, I don't believe that he's lying in the sense that he knows that he's lying. He believes this. He really believes this. And you, you may believe this. And we all have our moments that we uh, feel so strong and so stout and so great. What about Elisha? I mean, Elijah, Elijah, according to the Word of God, imagine, you think, you think Ahab's got fast horses. Now, there ain't many left. It's been three and a half years. Got to save the horses, save the mules. But if there's any fast horses in the kingdom, he's got them. Do you know that Elijah outruns him in front of the chariot horses all the way from Mount Carmel to the city? You talk about a man with strength, a man with power, a man that has got the power of God on him. But. Ahab's wife said before, tomorrow, you're going to be like one of them prophets. He wielded, didn't he? That quick. Back to Matthew chapter 26. So that's what the Lord said. And and we read here in the Word of God in, in Matthew chapter 26. Peter sat without, verse number 69. And a damsel said, Thou was with Jesus. He denied it before all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. 
And they had gone into the porch, and another maid saw him and said, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. He again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear and to say, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Did Peter know his heart? Look with me in Luke. I believe it's even more revealed in Luke. Luke twenty-two sixty, and the man and Peter said, "Man, I know not what thou sayest." This is a third time, and immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. You know, now you think about this. Maybe, maybe you could see it this way. When Peter looked into the eyes of the Lord. He saw himself. He saw his failure. When the Lord looked, this is what the Bible said, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter, the Word says, and immediately while he spake, the cock crew. He turned, the Lord looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the Word, how he had said before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. You know what happened right there? God searched him and revealed unto him when the eyes of Peter met the eyes of the Lord, there was a revelation of what was in Peter's heart. And I'll say this, at that moment and that time, there was great repentance, there was great sorrow, uh, there was a great failure, but thank God Peter went out and wept bitterly. There was a sorrow when he realized what was really in his heart. He desired to be different. David is asking God, Search me, O God. Search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know me, Lord. Know me. Do you know your heart? Listen to what the Proverbs say. Here's man. Man in 14.12, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of, of death. You know what man thinks? Man thinks because it appears right on the outside... It's all right. I'm going to I'm going to make it. I'm going to live. It looks good, but I tell you God is searching the heart. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways. The a way that seemeth right unto a man. What man? You. Man's got a way figured out to justify himself. Man has got a way figured out whether that's in salvation or in sin after salvation. Man has got a way figured out to justify himself. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways. There's only one way to be right with God. The end thereof are the ways. If it's my way, if it's not God's way, if it's not revealed by God, then my way is a way of death. 16 and 2. Proverbs 16 2. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the Spirit. You know what I'm going to do? Nothing wrong with my heart. 
Nothing wrong with my attitude. Nothing wrong with me. And you know what man says? I'm right. I'm right. But when God does a search, when God does a revealing, when God searches and God penetrates and God goes in, I tell you what God can do. God can reveal not only my condition, God can reveal my thoughts. Jesus knew their thoughts, didn't He? They said, what do you mean we're going about to kill you? Did they want to kill Him? Sure they wanted to kill Him. God knows our thoughts. By the Word of God, here, here in 16.2, all the ways of man are clean or straight or upright in His own eyes. But you know what's wrong with man's eyes? He's got a beam in his eye. He's got a prejudice in his heart. Go on with me to 21 to uh, 21 to. <coughs> Every way of man is right in his own eyes. So that word right there, it means straight or just in his own eyes. But the Lord pondereth. The word there means to measure by weight or by dimension. The Lord pondereth the heart. God, God's got a God's got a right measuring stick. You know, he talked about back in the in the Old Testament under the law. He said you need to have a just weight and a just measurement, right? I tell you what they had. They had they had different weights. And those different weights were drawn out. You're going to sell a you're going to sell a a, a a pound of silver. Well, let me put my weight on there. It's going to be a few ounces light, but that man won't know it. God's going to measure it, and God's going to measure it right. God's going to measure it by the great measuring stick. God is going to measure it. And I will tell you what He's going to do. He's going to measure the weight and the dimension of a man's heart. God, every way of man is right. Every way of man is just. Every man of way is, is straight in his own eyes. But the Lord pondereth. The Word of God there means again to measure out by weight or by dimension. But God pondereth the heart. You know what David wanted to know? He wanted to know the truth about himself. You think there's many people who want to know the truth about themselves? Is there many people that will give God the key and say, Lord, go into my house and listen. The attic's open. The basement's open. Every bedroom I've got is open and every closet, you search it and you reveal what's wrong. How many people are willing to give God a key? Truth is, how many people would be willing to give one of you a key to just say, go and check out my house? Is there rooms we'd like for people not to go in? Is there rooms where there's things that are hidden? Is there rooms that are dirty? Are there rooms that are cluttered? Are there rooms that we'd rather keep the door shut? I tell you, David is saying, God, here's the key. 
God, here's the key. I want you to go into my heart. I want you to go into my chamber. I want you to go into my house. And God, I'm giving you free reign. I want you to search me and try me and reveal unto me what's in my heart. You talk about a place where man could really be helped by God is right here. Because, you know... You know what the heart of man is? I know you know it. I know you know what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said this, The heart is deceitful. Uh, the heart is twisted. The heart is fraudulent. The heart is, is sly. The heart is insidious. The heart is slippery. The heart is subtle. Uh, the heart is deceitful above all things and it's desperately, it's frail, it's feeble, it's incurably. It is morally incurable and sick. Who can know it? I'll tell you, God can know it. We may not know it. And man says, I know my heart. God knows my heart. I tell you, friend, only God can reveal unto you what's really in your heart. Man's always got a front. He's always got something out front to hide what he doesn't want people to see and to find. He's always got a distraction. Always got something to turn people the other way. Always make them look up. You know what most of that is? Most of that is me declaring my righteousness. Me, the reason, the way that I do that, you know how I do that, gets you off of me. I always point out what's wrong with him. What's wrong with her. What's wrong with them. What's wrong with those folks. That's the way that I get people off of my back looking in my cupboard, looking in my closet, looking in my heart. I I'm going to point out what's wrong with everybody else because I, honest to God, I don't want you to see what's in my heart. That's man's nature. And you know, you can deny it, but the Bible will call you a liar. That's our nature. So Jeremiah said, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked who can know it. I, the Lord... I, the Lord, search. I penetrate. I investigate the heart. I try the reins. I look. I search. And I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and the fruit of his doing. You know what God's going to do? God's going to be honest. God's going to be truthful. I'm not going to hide anything from the Lord. I tell you, if, if God uh, goes in and searches my heart as David desires for God to search his heart, uh, God is going to reveal unto him. Uh, friend, I, I don't believe that David wanted Nathan to reveal unto him what was really going on in 2 Samuel. He tried his best to cover that up, did he not? He murdered Uriah, his mighty man. But God revealed his heart. God revealed a man of selfishness, a man of anger, a man with no pity. He revealed that man. So, just a little, a, a little more. In Proverbs chapter number 4, in verse number 21 and following, uh, next chap, Proverbs chapter number 4, the Bible says this, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes, neither keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto, the, unto those that find them, and health unto their flesh. Keep thine heart with all diligence. For out of it are all the issues of life. You know what the heart is? The heart's the spring. 
If the spring's not right, what's in the reservoir won't be right, will it, Charles? If the spring's polluted, what comes down the pipe from the reservoir to the house will be polluted. If the heart's not right, our friend, what comes out of the spring, I, everything and all that I have to do with in life, whether it's my job, my family, your husband, your wife, your children, uh, whatever your finances, what's going on in the church, what's going on in my individual life, every bit of it is going to be affected by what comes out of the heart. Right? Keep thine heart. Guard it. The word is a word of prison or confinement. What's he saying? He said, keep thine heart with all diligence. Oh, with the utmost, with great effort, keep your heart. Because out of it are all, out of it are all. Reckon that's true? Out of it are the issues of life. Out of it, every, every facet of my life is controlled by and influenced by and decided by and I make judgment by what is going on in my heart. Could we give God the key tonight? Could we give God the key and say, Lord, search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. You, you think about this now. God tried Abraham. He come out really good, didn't he? He said, I know that you love me. Did God know that Abraham loved you before he tried him? I believe that's for me. That's for you. That's for Abraham. That Abraham would not keep back his own son because he loved God. Would you say David was tried when he got up off of the bed in the afternoon? He was tried. He failed. Was Peter tried? Peter was tried by a little maid. Peter cursed and come out with a big oath. He failed. Hezekiah was given 15 years added to his life. The Babylonians come down and God left him to himself. He showed him every bit of the treasure that he had in his kingdom. He failed. Given the right circumstance, I'll fail. You'll fail. All that has to happen is for the right circumstance to come by and you and I will fail. The strongest man failed. The first man failed. The wisest man failed. A man after God's own heart failed. The chief apostle failed. You and I will fail. We don't know our own hearts. I tell you, we need a keeper. We need a keeper of our heart. We need someone to keep our heart. David says to us here, try me. You know, try me. I tell you, God can try us. You think Job was tried? Job was tried, I believe you could say this, in a furnace of affliction. Job was tried in a furnace of affliction. Demas was tried with the world. And he went to Thessalonica, loving this present world. 
I tell you something, folks. Prosperity can try you more than affliction. The blessings of God can try you more than the affliction. Great health, great prosperity, plenty of money can be a greater trial than sickness and no money. Try me, O God. Try me. You know, as he investigates, <laughs> are there any clues? Reckon there's any clues? Reckon there's any evidence left behind? Reckon Peter's mouth was a clue? Reckon Peter's words that he said to start with was a clue of the condition of his heart? Do you reckon David not going to battle was a clue of what was going on in his heart? Do you reckon when he heard that it was Uriah, the Hittite, your mighty man's wife, you reckon when he heard that, that that was a clue when he went forward with what was in his heart? Could the doctor look in my mouth and tell anything about me? Could the doctor look at my skin and tell anything about me? Could the doctor do an x-ray and tell anything about me? I tell you, there's all kinds of clues there of what really could be going on on the inside. David said, search me, O God. Search me, O God. And you know what I ought to think? I ought to thank God, help me to search myself. I ought to thank God, help me to look at the clues. God, help me to look at the evidence. Help me to look and to see what's going on around about me and realize there's something within that's not right. I look at my desires. I look at my lack of desires. I look and I see these things. You know what it ought to be? It ought to be a clue. I need to look deeper. I need to see what's causing this. Right? Try me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. <laughs> I tell you, you talk about getting down to the end of the quick. He's getting into the quick, isn't he? The Pharisees said, we've never committed adultery. We've never murdered. Jesus said, you thought it though, didn't you? You're guilty. You know where that proceeded from? You know where the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh? What, what, was, wrong, what was coming out of Peter's mouth? An oath and cursing. What was in Peter's heart? A denial of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not getting down on him. I'm not down on him. That happened to me too. That'll happen to you too. You just give the right circumstance and you'll fail. But listen, listen a little farther. Try me and know my thoughts. You know that. You know that, that Scripture out of the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and, and about number 12, I believe. Uh, he said the Word of God is quick, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And any two-edged sword piercing. <laughs> There's what God, David's doing. David's saying, Lord, search me. Penetrate my heart. Go inside, Lord, and dissect me. You know what they're going to do with that offering? 
I'm going to bring my offering down for my sin. You know what the priest is going to do? I tell you, friend, he's going to open it up. He's going to look at all the internal organs. He's going to look at everything on the inside. He's going to skin it out. He's going to fillet it. He's going to look and make sure that not only does it look good on the outside, but it's good on the inside. God, search my heart and know my thoughts. Search me, O Lord, and know me. Know my thoughts. I believe a lot of times if we could look into the face of the Lord Jesus, there would be a reflection in His eyes of what we really are. The mirror of the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ will reveal unto me what I am. Just a little more. So, as you think about this, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Lord, is there a wicked way in me? Lord, do I have wickedness? You know, the truth is, I know more about me than anybody else in all the world. I know more about my wickedness, my ungodliness, my thoughts, my actions, my intents. I know more about me than I know about anybody else in all of the world. It should. It should bother me more and anger me and trouble me and and should uh, should come over my heart. A friend, that my wickedness is the greatest uh, wickedness and the greatest ungodliness and the most uh, awful and the most uh, ugly sin and wickedness that there is in anybody. I ought to be so ashamed of my sin. That's not man's nature though, is it? What I want to do is to tell this lady over here and this man over here about that little bitty moat, that little bitty problem that you've got and never see who I am and what I am. I should be so put out with my sin more than any other sin in the world. Because I know me. And you know you. You should be so tore up, so bothered, so broken hearted, so angry at your own sin that you couldn't have time to look at anybody else's sin. And if that would be the truth, if I could do that, if you could do that, you know what? I tell you, you talk about a church and you talk about a meeting and you talk about the presence of God, we could have it, couldn't we? But without the mirror, I'm always looking at somebody besides me. Aren't you? Isn't that true? Lord, search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. You know, I find that twice in the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew chapter number 18.32, Matthew 18.32, He uses these words. Matthew 18:32 So the Lord had forgiven a man of a great a great uh, uh, of much 
10,000 talents, impossible to pay. He forgave him all of it. His friend, his friend came to him and, and, and he owed him a hundred pence and he would not forgive him. Listen to what the Lord says in verse 32. Then the Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked... David said, Lord, search me, try me, know my heart, know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me. You know what's here? Here's a mode and a beam. And a beam has been forgiven. And a speck cannot be forgiven. You know what God called this? A wicked servant. God said, you're wicked. Thou wicked servant... After he had called him, he said, O oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that, that, all that debt because thou desired me. Shouldest not thou have also had compassion? Did David have any pity? David had no pity on Uriah or Bathsheba, but he had pity on a ewe lamb. The mode and the beam. Boy, it's a big difference, isn't it? You know, it's all about what I see. I can't see without a mirror looking at me. I can't see it. Go with me also to Matthew chapter 25, 26. Matthew 25, verse 26. So the talents have been given. There's been an opportunity given. There's been an investment made. And the, in 25, 26, the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, Thou knewest that I rep where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strode. Thou ought to therefore have put my money to the exchangers that at my coming I should have received my own with you. You know what? I should have gained something more than what I invested. So a slothful servant and an unforgiving servant, the Lord Jesus calls both of them wicked. Isn't that something? He says to us in Proverbs, Proverbs 18, 19. This is quite a, quite a saying right here. And also, that is, He also, 18 and 9, I'm sorry, Proverbs 18, verse 9. He also that is slothful in His work, is a brother to him that is a great waster. You know, if you work, if you work and you know what it takes to buy groceries, and you work and you know what it takes to buy an automobile, and you know what it costs to buy clothes, and you see somebody that won't work, you know what you like on them too? A great waster. No appreciation. No appreciation for what has been worked out and given. A man that is slothful in his work is a brother to a great waster. Wouldn't you say that you would despise a waster? If you're a worker, you would despise a waster, wouldn't you? But if you're slothful with what God has given you, He said you're a brother to a waster. I should think as I despise the waster. I should think about myself being law, being slothful. The Lord said I was wicked. 
I'm not doing anything with what God has invested in me. I'm not doing anything with what God has given me. He said, I'm slothful. Thou slothful and wicked servant. You, if you wasn't going to do anything with it, you should have at least took it to the bank where I could have got a little bit of something of gain. Is this in us? Is slothfulness in us? Lord, search me, try me, know my thoughts, see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me? Lead me? Yes. You know what my, you know what my tendency is? My tendency is to go the way of sin. My tendency is not to go the way of everlasting. My tendency is to satisfy. I believe he said it. I believe Moses said it. Uh, 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 that that he 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 chose to uh, suffer affliction with the people of God rather to enjoy uh, uh, the the pleasures of sin for a season. I believe that's about the way he said it. So you know what, our friend, if, if God doesn't reveal unto me what's really in me, I'm going to spend my life on that that is temporary and that that is not lasting and on that that will soon run out. But Lord, if You'll reveal to me and lead me in a way that's eternal, in a way that's got an everlasting reward. In a way, oh God, that's not a way of death, not a way of temporary. Uh, what the Lord doeth is forever. You know, I need the guidance of God. I believe that verse 23 has got to come before verse 24. I don't believe He's going to lead me in the way everlasting until I first have revealed to me what's in my heart. If I don't have revealed to me what's in my heart, I'm going to spend my time and my money on things that are temporary and temporal and that do not last. But if God will reveal what's in my heart, He can turn me he can lead me. He can guide me. He, he can turn me and bring me into the right way. Lead me in the way God direct me. God lead me and direct me in the way that is eternal. You know something? I cannot trust my heart. You cannot trust your heart. A man who was after God's own heart says, God, you're the only one that's able to reveal unto me what's really in me. I can't trust me. Search me, O oh God.